Are you preparing for an upcoming trip to a new destination? Or maybe thinking about solo traveling for the first time? Well, the world is your oyster, and it's just waiting to be explored. With an open mind and the right preparations, traveling the world won't seem so scary. This episode of In Perspective is for any curious soul hoping to make the most of their life by exploring what the world has to offer. Focusing on the dimension of social well-being, we will discuss the difference between traveling alone and with a group, how to adapt to diverse cultures, as well as everything you need to know to be prepared, safe, and excited for a new adventure. That being said, let's put traveling the world in perspective. You found yourself at a bit of a crossroads. Unsure about your future with a corporate job delayed and your plans to move to a new city put on hold, the summer stretched ahead, blending days into a monotonous loop. Home with your parents, weekends devoid of friends. Your routine became a cycle of eating, sleeping, gymming, and reading. A comfortable yet demotivating existence. Amid the infinite time, your passion projects from college lingered unfinished, buried in the procrastination fueled by the lack of urgency. Then, one day, you decided it was time for a change. Seeing the silver lining in the job delay, you realized this was your one chance to dive into everything you dream of doing. Feeling the need for spontaneity you hatched a plan for a solo backpacking trip across the world. Little did you anticipate the challenges and unexpected twists that awaited you in this journey. If this scenario seems interesting or relatable to you, stick around for this solo episode where I share answers to some of your burning travel questions, tips and lessons that I've learned in my global travel experiences, and some crazy travel stories gone wrong. My name is Annie Wang. I'm a self-proclaimed expert traveler, holistic growth coach, and just a human on a mission to share actionable wellness education through storytelling. This podcast isn't about me. It's about us. So thank you for being here and let's put humanity in perspective. First of all, I'd just like to apologize for being absent the past few weeks. I actually recently returned from my solo trip to Asia for over three weeks and just really fell off my routine. Thanksgiving passed a few weeks ago, and although this is late, I just want to say how thankful I am for you, my dear listener and friend. And since we're quite small right now, I'm so grateful to those of you who actually tune in, stay engaged, and are interested in what I have to say. So thank you for believing in me and supporting me. I love you more than you know. Now, I'm sure you're wondering why I feel qualified to do a solo episode on traveling. And to be honest, I'm not quite sure that I am 
but I am sure that I've had a ton of meaningful, exciting, and horrifying travel experiences that you and I both can learn from. So that's why I wanted to share my perspective in traveling the world. I've solo backpacked across United States, group traveled across North and South America, explored Europe with my significant other, and recently finished soloing East Asia. In the future, I hope to visit Africa, South Asia, and Australia. So I guess with all these experiences, this is a burning question that I'm sure many of you are thinking about, and it's, should you travel alone? or travel with others. And I'm going to say this depends on your goals. A quote that my friend actually said in episode five, the previous episode that I really liked is, if you want to go far, go together. If you want to go fast, go alone. So even though he said this in the context of you know, building your brand and starting a business, I think a parallel interpretation of this quote in travel would be if you want to do a lot of things and embrace the depths of your interpersonal relationships, travel with your friends or go with your significant other. But if you want to travel because you are curious about the world and want to see the possibilities out there, go by yourself. Group travel provides shared experiences and, of course, a sense of security, but it's about finding the right balance based on your personal preferences and the nature of your trip. Like, why do you want to go on this trip? Is it to connect with your friends on a deeper level? Is it to see whether or not, you know, you and someone else have that chemistry and the ability to work through tough new situations or is it because you're genuinely curious about this new environment and new culture that you're going to experience you know like are you trying to explore yourself like it doesn't necessarily have to be with someone else that you want to become more comfortable with and get to know deeper you could just you know, be comfortable with your own companionship. And I think whenever I solo travel, that's something that I really prioritize and work on because it's honestly, it's not easy to do things by yourself when there's no one next to you and have everyone judging or staring at you because you're doing something totally different you know, you're scared. You're scared that people are going to see you as a loner, that you're not going to have anything to do, no one to talk to. But sometimes it's just about developing the mentality of being able to be by yourself, you know, enjoy that date that you take yourself on. For example, I really like to spoil myself and go to a nice restaurant, get a yummy drink, Um, Or go to a cafe, bring my Kindle, do some reading, some self-growth there. Or uh, I really like listening to music and podcasts when I'm just walking around the city. 
and I would recommend downloading a few playlists or episodes depending on the kind of vibe. I have one called Sunshine and Rainbows, which is for a sunny day. I have one called Go With the Flow, which is more so like house, uh, chill, relaxed beats. Um, or I have one called Pump It Up, which I typically listen to if I'm in a mood to bounce around and do something active. So playing music really helps me set the vibe, especially when I'm by myself, because when the AirPods go in, the world gets tuned out. And I'm just fully in my element, like I'm bouncing around, I'm doing wavy hands, I'm dancing in the streets. And even though people will look at me weird or like, you know, kind of glare because I'm not doing what everyone else is doing, it's completely okay. I will never see these people again in my life. So that's kind of my mindset when I'm being myself and being eccentric in public. So I think the more that we're able to embrace this narrative of being authentically ourselves and showcasing what's true to you and really what you want to do, then you develop this confidence and this aura about you that attracts people. People are attracted to people that are genuine, that are authentic, that aren't afraid of expressing themselves. And I think solo traveling is honestly the best way to develop that kind of confidence. Traveling with others can be a very rewarding experience, but it does come with a unique set of challenges. So just some key tips for you to ensure that your group travel goes smoother and more enjoyable. I think the first thing is communication is so important. So you need to establish open and honest communication from the beginning, discuss expectations, preferences, and maybe any potential challenges to ensure that everyone is on the same page. The next is to involve everyone in the planning process, just so that everyone has a voice and so that each person's interests and priorities are being considered when you're creating the itinerary. Another big one that I often struggle with is the ability to compromise, especially when you're traveling in a group not everything is going to go your way. And so it's so important to try to find a middle ground to accommodate everybody. And a good way to do this is just to check in regularly with each other, just to address any concerns or prevent issues from escalating before it happens and to maintain a positive group dynamic. I will say I have not been the best travel partner in the past. Um, I've done some things that are pretty selfish and I don't feel good about it. Um, One in particular would be when I went back to China four years ago with my mom and I think I was just very much in the mindset of like, oh, there's people my age so I want to hang out with them and do what I want to do. I'm old enough where my mom doesn't need to police me. And that made her feel really uncomfortable because she didn't want me to stay out so late, uh, drink, go to clubs. Because keep in mind, I was 16 at the time, which I thought I was old, but 
apparently not old enough and i was pretty disrespectful like i told her that it was my life and i wanted to do what i want to do had a very bullish way of thinking and yeah i would say i'm not proud of that at all and that definitely is a reason why my mom to this day said she doesn't want to travel with me so yeah when you're traveling with someone you need to be considerate it's also just the small stuff too like if you're in a room with four other people and there's one bathroom like you could be a bit more considerate in how much time you're spending in there how much time you're spending in the showers and personally for me like i don't i don't lock the doors when i'm showering because first of all we're all women Second of all, there's one bathroom and I understand if you have to go, you have to go. I thought we're friends, so it's like, cool, I don't care if you see my naked body. I don't care if, like, you know, you are pissing next to me. But, I mean, if you care, that's fine. But, yeah, I think, like, even small stuff like this, being mindful of you are not the main character in everyone else's lives so the best way to approach traveling with a group is to be willing to compromise and communication i think is so important uh and don't be afraid to apologize because if you don't it'll be awkward for the rest of the trip people will feel some type of way about you maybe hold resentment that'll ruin the vibes of the trip and so i think if you do something wrong or if someone else does something that irks you, tell them. Like, don't be afraid to call them out on it because chances are they don't even know that something is bothering you. I'm pretty oblivious when it comes to, you know, my actions sometimes and I'm also very willing to change. So if you just tell me that something is bothering you, I will apologize and I will change. Okay, so now this kind of leads to another question, and that is how do you plan for these trips? I would say in preparation for any of your travels, research is so key, especially if you're going to a new country. Some important things to consider before deciding on a location is to understand the documentation that you'll need in order to enter the country, like the type of visa, if that's needed, if your passport is unexpired, proof of residency in the country, etc. And if you need to get a new visa or a new passport, that can take up to several months. So it's crucial to do your research and book an appointment at your local embassy well in advance. Once you have a general idea of where you want to go, think about how long you want to be there and around what time. I would say at this point, this is when you create an Excel sheet or, you know, whatever works best for you. But I think Excel is the best option to track copious amounts of data. You can create separate tabs within the Excel sheet for better organization. And if you're traveling with others, make sure to share the spreadsheet with them. And I would also recommend creating parallel sections so that you can each have flexibility in what you're doing when. I typically start looking for flights about one to two months 
in advance just to have an idea. And I would highly recommend Google Flights so that you can track the prices and compare the cheapest days to fly um, quite easily on a visual matrix. Also see how far the airport is from your home or the destination as the transportation costs to and from the airport may change your overall transportation costs. Once you've figured out your flights, I would say start looking for housing. And if you're traveling alone, I would recommend staying in a hostel. Um, you can either find these on Hostel World, which is the most popular site, or some have hostels on Airbnb. Essentially, what a hostel is for anyone that doesn't know is it's basically a bed in a room with a ton of other beds. And depending on how big your bedroom is, it could range from four beds to like. 20 beds and a lot of people there's like a stigma around it that it could be unsafe because you're sharing a space with a ton of other people uh, to this i also had the same considerations before i booked hostels but every time that i've stayed in a hostel i felt very safe i think everyone else who stays at a hostel is there for the same reason as you, which is to explore a new destination, a new location. And so they're all minding their own business. Um, people are probably more open for socialization if they're there alone. I think for the most part, like ev there's like a unspoken culture where no one wants their shit to get stolen. So they're not going to do anything to steal someone else's shit because you don't want that to be you. So I would say look at the reviews as well uh, just to make sure, but hostels are a great way to save money if you're traveling alone and also to meet great people. I met a really cool person when I was staying in a hostel in Portland and he was from Amsterdam, I believe, and literally he moved out of the blue just to the United States and is now doing freelance jobs uh, designing websites. And he moved to Portland because there's like no taxes and so it's pretty cheap. Um, yeah, it's just really brave that he was able to leave his life in search of a new freedom. So I found that really cool and we connected, ended up going on a hike and just chatting about life. Um, and even though he was a bit older than me, it was still great to see another perspective that was so different from mine and to meet someone whose life differed so much from my own. And I think it's experiences and conversations like these that really allow you to open your mind. This goes into my next question, which is how do you make friends in a new country? And of course, the easiest way is to meet friends through friends. But if you're going to a new location where you don't know anyone, then the most important thing is to be authentic and friendly. If you are shy and reserved, then you will face difficulty in meeting new people because other people are going to be shy and reserved right back. If you are approachable and friendly, then you will find that many other people are the same as well. It could help to learn a few phrases in the local language. 
because humans are social creatures at the end of the day, and we are all just longing for connection. Be the spark that makes someone's day. Sometimes the smallest interactions can go a long way. Another great way to make friends is to have genuine curiosity. Like, don't be afraid to ask questions. You can ask your landlord, receptionist, or your roommates for community activities or local events that are happening. Or ask the person standing in front of you in line for their food recommendations. Or even how the barista's day is going. Anything to strike up conversation with someone that you think brings good vibes. So something actionable that we can do to improve social awareness and well-being, I think, is to do a challenge. I'm going to call this the confidence-boosting social challenge. And there's basically five things that I want you to do. And once you do all five of these things, I promise you, you will feel so much more in tune with the world and open to any social interactions. So the first thing that I want you to do when you're walking down the street, just smile or say hello to five people and notice how they reciprocate. The second thing, when you're waiting in a line or waiting for something, compliment a person standing next to you. Third, hold the door for someone. Something so simple and yet goes a long way. The fourth, ask someone what they recommend to do or eat around here. This is a great way to start up a conversation and get some good recommendations from a local. Fifth, participate in a local activity. And this could look like dancing to the DJs playing in public in Berlin or asking a group of people in Amsterdam to join their frisbee game. Whatever event or activity that's going on that, you know, looks like you can participate, try to participate in that. I think you'll find that people are more open than you think. And if you just ask, they're not going to say no. So that is my challenge for you. If you want to boost your social prowess and your confidence, um, especially when you're alone in a new country, I think something like this in the start of your journey is really helpful in order to help you feel a sense of connection to the people and to the new culture that you're experiencing. And this brings me to another great point, which is about adapting to new environments or cultures. Because if you're going to a new place, you want to be culturally sensitive and, you know, be smart about how you're interacting with people um, and the way that you behave. This is called cultural intelligence which involves adapting to different cultures while actively seeking to understand and connect with them by being open-minded, respectful, and willing to learn. 
my slogan is open mind, life aligned. And the origin of that came from my diverse background. So I was born in China, but my whole life was turned upside down when my entire family moved to the US when I turned seven. Growing up, I never felt like I fit into either culture because I was too fob or fresh off the boat to my American friends, but I was too whitewashed for my fob friends. This dichotomy between my two identities really left me paralyzed with imposter syndrome for a while, but I realized that I didn't need to fit into a mold if I just open my mind to try to understand the diverse perspectives of these cultures, I could tap into the strengths of my two identities as a proud Chinese American. And how you do that is to observe. I think being observant of the people's actions around you and how people are behaving is such a great way to understand a new environment and understand the culture of the people. For example, in Taiwan, everyone is very respectful. Even like when you're about to board the subways or lining up for the escalators, there is always a line, like a single file line. And if you cut, like people look at you very negatively. So that's just the culture there. Like people have respect for one another and they're patient. But then when I went to China, uh, mainland, I saw that there was a lack of common courtesy for each other. And it seemed like people had very low standards. And that probably is due to like cultural differences, like how they grew up, um, the massive amount of people that are in China and so everyone is kind of looking out for themselves rather than as a collective so I think it's things like this that you know you can really learn from a country by observing and you can fit in I kind of got sidetracked talking about people but there is another important section that I wanted to highlight, which is packing tips that are often overlooked because I'm sure you know the basics of what to pack when you're going on a trip, but here are some of my most crucial tips that you know might help you out. First, every country does not use the same kind of electrical outlet and even voltage, so just look up what kind of converter block you'll need in order to charge your electronics. Second, make sure you save some space in your luggage for souvenirs and maybe other purchases that you're going to want to bring back because you don't want to have to pay for that oversized luggage. It's better to pack less than more. Third, roll. Don't fold your clothes. You save so much space. Just trust me on this. Four, I know that you have like 15 different outfits and shoes that you want to take pictures in when you travel, but believe me when I say pack less clothes than you anticipate. 
because every single time that I bring a full wardrobe that I plan to wear, I end up wearing less than half of what I brought. And that's due to very different reasons, like either the weather's not good or, you know, some days I wake up with a hangover and don't feel like dressing up all cute. And so I'm going to prioritize comfort and just throw on like a t-shirt and baggy pants and call it a day. Shoes are also probably going to be the heaviest things to pack and they're honestly so unnecessary because you're going to be walking in basically the same pair of comfortable shoes. So I recommend bringing like your casual pair of white sneakers, whether that's like Adidas, Superstars, or like your Nike Air Forces. I have like a pair of Fila's that are pretty comfortable and personally heels are an absolute no-no just because if you're traveling you'll be walking a ton so there's really like no shot that you're gonna want to stay in heels all day unless you want to just bring it for a photo shoot and change but that's pretty annoying because you want to minimize as many things that you're carrying when you go out for the day my final tip is to bring some extra bags, either reusable plastic ones or tote bags because they really don't take up any space and it could really come in handy when you have dirty clothes, for example, or you have a bunch of small miscellaneous purchases that you want to sort out. There's just so many ways for it to be beneficial. One of the final things that I want to talk about is how do you mitigate risks and be safe? And this is so important because no matter what happens, if you lose money, if you miss your flight, whatever, like money is money. It can always be remade, but your life, you can never get back. I think I had to learn this the hard way. Um... This is an experience that I had when I was on my solo backpacking trip across the U.S. And I visited my friend in New York City. Didn't realize that she lived in kind of a sketchier neighborhood with a lot of crime that happened. And essentially what happened was I was staying in her room, which was connected to the basement door. And I was in the room with my boyfriend uh, we were both kind of taking a nap. I was like awake on my phone, just chilling. And all of a sudden, I hear like something shifting, like a shifting noise near the door. But there was another door to the stairwell that was open that prevented my view of the door. So, uh, and keep in mind, I didn't lock the door because we had just came in through there and we were in the room. And so I didn't think anything was going to happen. But I hear this shifting noise. At first, I thought it was my friend uh, who I was staying with coming home. And I was like going to scare her once she came in. But no one came in. And so there was just that shifting noise. And then I got suspicious. I was like, who's there? And then I heard a voice call back to me. I'm sorry. And they went away. So in that moment, 
I was probably dumb for this, but I did not get up because I thought that maybe someone just got the wrong door. I look over to my boyfriend and I asked him, did you hear that? Someone was there. And he was really groggy, so, you know, kind of useless in that situation. But I should have gotten up to check and I didn't. And 10 minutes later, I got up, was preparing to pack because I was going to move to a different uh, place that night. And I noticed my backpack with literally everything in it, including my passport, my laptop, all of my clothes, my glasses, my toiletries, literally everything that I owned was in that backpack and it was not there where I placed it which was in front of the door and then it clicked the noise that I had heard earlier were thieves stealing my stuff and I literally became so frantic I did not know what to do I was like what the actual f like, what do I do now? My passport is in there. And I had plans to go to Canada after this. So it was like, if I didn't find that, everything would have been ruined. I lost my laptop, which had tons of important documents and all of my school and professional stuff was on there. So keep in mind, I was frantic. And I literally put on my shoes, ran outside and tried to find the people. <laughs> Like, I was frantically running down the streets, crying hysterically, trying to look for anything that resembled my backpack. But keep in mind, we were in the city of New York with millions of people within a, like, 200 square feet area. So, practically impossible. And then I decided to finally call the police, who arrived like two hours after the crime had taken place and I gave my statement, wrote down everything that I lost, um, contacted the owner of the apartment and got some ring footage because they had a security system and was able to actually get video footage of the people who broke in and stole my backpack. So, after all the stress, the tears, the frantic vlogging and whatnot, I never got my shit back. And at first I was really disappointed, but after talking with my family, my friends, thankfully my sister lives in New York City and she was super helpful and generous and basically gave me a bunch of her stuff to allow me to continue my backpacking journey. I also just wasn't able to cancel my flights to Canada, but, you know, I just went straight to my next destination, which was Boston instead, stayed with my boyfriend, and I just felt really really blessed in that moment to have these people that cared about me so much that was able to help me when I'm down in the dumps and I had shared on Instagram too like what had happened and so many people reached out 
my friends were sending me like Venmo payments. And no matter how small or how big, it was really just the thought that count. And it really showed me that, wow, I have so many people that like care about me. And the fact that I'm still here, who cares about the the material items that I lost, you know? Because ultimately, I didn't lose my life and I'm grateful because that situation could have gone so wrong. Like if they had entered, it was two men who entered my room. My boyfriend was knocked out. I was, you know, a small girl and it could have been really bad. But thankfully, the only things I lost didn't really matter ultimately, no matter how bad it felt in the moment. So my biggest my biggest tip, I guess, in terms of mitigating risks and being safe is to always trust your instincts. Like, if you feel like something's up, something's probably up, okay? Don't hesitate to do the extra precautions, take the extra precautions, and stay in safe areas, stay aware of your surroundings, and avoid risky situations. Honestly, when I stormed out and tried to look for the people, my sister was on the phone because I had called her, and she was so pissed at me because she was like, if you do anything rash, like, you don't know what could happen. Like, they could have a knife. They could stab you. They could kill you. And I wasn't thinking straight. I wasn't thinking clearly because I was so distraught at what happened. And my only intention was to find my backpack. But, you know, looking back, like, maybe it was better that I didn't find them. Because I don't know if I would be here right now if I did, you know. So the more of the lesson is, especially if you're traveling alone, it is so much better to spend more money on accommodations that make you feel safe and secure than a sketchy ass place that makes you fear for your life because you wanted to save 20 bucks. And solo travelers can benefit from discreet safety measures such as pepper spray, you know, you could keep your important documents, uh, half of your money stored separately in a different component. That way, if you lose one thing, you know, you'll still have important things elsewhere. So, yeah, these are just some tips. I hope if you're traveling, be aware of your surroundings, please. And ultimately, everything is replaceable except your life. Okay, and now my final point that I wanted to dive into. Of course, we have to end it on a positive note, something that relates back to wellness. So I want to talk about how travelers can incorporate mindfulness into your journeys. The way that I do this is, first of all, I'm very intentional with my travel plans and I set daily intentions rather than expectations. For example, I tend to set the intention for the day of what I want to do, especially if I'm traveling alone. Like when I was in Amsterdam, I 
really just wanted to explore the city, you know, smoke some local weed, try some truffles, and yeah, like kind of uh, bike around because biking was everything in Amsterdam and just have a good time. And that is exactly what I did, even though something unexpected happened. It started to pour. I didn't even have an umbrella. I literally was like going to bring it, but then I was like, nah, it wouldn't rain. And then it rained. So I was basically soaked, drenched from head to toe, but I was still biking because I set that intention and that was what I wanted to do. And I intended for it to be a good day. And even though it didn't all go my way, it was a great day. You know, I had a ton of fun. I recorded some content, which I actually used in my Chicago booth application because I was applying for deferred MBA admissions. And I ended up getting in because of that video. So I think intention is so important when you're putting yourself outside of your comfort zone and trying new experiences. How I incorporate mindfulness in particular is doing things like meditation, observing local rituals, and just simply appreciating the beauty around you. Be present in the moment, savor the experiences, and find a good balance between exploration and introspection. Because I think when you travel the world, you become exposed to just how small we are and just how big the world is. And I feel like it was this realization that really unlocked that spirituality element part of me. It really opened my third eye, I believe. Um, And that's a whole nother concept that we can talk about in another episode. But exploring the world is freeing your soul. What you're so used to is, you know, like your home, your hometown. And if you've never left your hometown, then that's all you've ever known. But then imagine you just go out and go to a completely new country, experience a completely new culture and realize that, wow, life isn't just what I thought it was. Life is so much bigger than that. And, you know, you also see the negative parts because we're so caught up in the privilege of our bubble that oftentimes we don't realize that people are actually suffering in the world and that there's so much that goes on beyond our happy, complacent, ignorant lives. But I think it's, it's about what you value right? Like if you value happiness, then you don't have to expose yourself to the harsh reality that is beyond your reality. But if you're someone that values knowledge and growth and education, I think it's so important to go beyond the scope of what you're comfortable with. That's honestly the inspiration for my podcast because I realized that there's so many diverse perspectives out there that people could really learn from. And yet it's so hard for people to kind of put themselves in someone else's shoes because they're so caught up in their own life and their own struggles. And that's why I wanted to put 
humanity in perspective put you in someone else's shoes that's why a lot of my stories they begin with you imagine yourself in this situation imagine these circumstances that are happening how would you react what kind of thoughts would you have how would that shape your narrative and when you think about someone else's story in that way you become more understanding of how they became the person that they are how they made the actions that they made and i think that is how you instill empathy in people but that's also kind of the downfall of my podcast because a lot of people are uncomfortable with that they're uncomfortable placing themselves in a position that they cannot relate to and you know like people will hate like i do have haters I do have people that give me really poor reviews and I see that and I realize that I can't please everyone. It is literally going to be impossible to make everyone happy and say the right things at the right time always because I am not a perfect human. I know that you are not perfect either because there's no such thing as perfection, only in theory. I guess I'm saying all this because I just have been feeling kind of frustrated but also understanding and empathetic that not everyone is going to relate to the message that I'm spreading and be as accepting of change as I am. And that's completely okay. I know that there are people out there like me who are so focused on growth and can take criticism. And if that's you, I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad you're listening because I'm still learning too. I'm doing the same exact shit as you are. I'm just happy to do it together. Okay, I definitely went off topic a bit there, but this is just something that has been in the back of my mind for a couple of weeks now and I just wanted to share it with you guys because this podcast is like my baby and it's something that I'm doing purely for myself and also for others, not for money. I'm not treating this as any way of monetization and more so just a way to spread knowledge and wellness education for people that need it. So I hope I hope you'll continue to support me in this process as I bankroll my entire production, advertising, marketing, and growth process. But I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you made it to the end. If you did, I would really appreciate a five-star review on either Apple or Spotify, whatever you're listening on. It would help me out so much. And you can also engage with me on Instagram at withinperspective. That's where I post sneak peeks and snippets of episodes, some educational content, and also what I call pod marks, which are like bookmarks, but for each podcast episode. If you have any thoughts, concerns, questions, or feedback, I would love, love, love to hear from you. 
um please just send me a dm or a message call me a masochist but i want your critiques please give it to me uh yeah so that is gonna be all for today and stay tuned for the next episode of in perspective